A very good day to all of our listeners. This is Abraham Foss of For Your Good Ministries International. Today we shall continue with what will be episode 7 of a series that we began that we call the Law of First Reference. What that really means is what do we refer to firstly and foremostly and in Wisdom's Council before we embark on any decision-making process, any new season that we're about to engage. We spoke about Genesis 1 verses 1 to 3, in the beginning God. We spoke about John 1 verse 1 that also refers to the law of first reference. In the beginning was the Word. And so to go to the Word of God before we start any season or make any decision is a wise way to conduct our lives. So that's referred to by theologians as the law of first reference. What do we refer to firstly and foremostly before we embark on any decision-making or season-defining journey? When we go to the Word of God, we've embraced wisdom's counsel, which ensures that we're going to get the result that God intends for us, which is that we live in the abundant life that Jesus brought for us to enjoy that we prosper, and as Joshua 1 says, that we live in good success. So last week we spoke about Proverbs 14 verse 12, where we said there is a way that seems right to a man, but at its end it results in destruction or failure, anguish, hurt, brokenheartedness, and even depravity. We then spoke from Mark chapter 7, verse 13, where we said that we can make the word of God of no or zero or nil effect by our traditions and doctrines, which also refers to our cultural persuasions and biases that have been handed down to us by our predecessors and a translation says by our ancestors. So we have ways of thinking, ways of doing things that are cultural persuasions that have been shaped by our traditions and doctrines that may cause us to conduct our lives in a certain manner. But truth be told, if that man is not lined up to the Word of God, it's going to result in failure and brokenness. So I want to pick up on that same trend by going to the book of Jeremiah Chapter 10 and verses 23 to 23. Jeremiah, God now speaking through him, describes the current status of Israel and what brought them to this status. And then in verse 23, he brings them to a conclusion that requires a change of mind on their part so that no longer can they be found in a place that really was far removed from God's blessed intent. For their lives. So Jeremiah again, he writes in chapter 10, verses 20 and onward, up until 23, he says, My tent is plundered. So all of his produce, all that he owned, all that he had, all that this individual that he's describing had, the very nation in Israel that they had, all of that has been plundered. It's been stolen. It's been taken away. The Bible says the enemy comes to steal, to kill and destroy. This tent, this habitation, this situation, this person's life 
uh, and or the product of their life has been plundered, it has been stolen, it's bereft of any content that's constructive. It's void and represents no substance. Then he says, and all of my cords are broken. So that that supported his life, that held his life up, that's now described as a tent, that that held up his life firmly was now broken. So there was no longer anything to tie up to his tent. And that said, even his tent was now bereft of any produce or product for it had been plundered, it had been stolen from. This was the result of something. And then it says, my children have gone far from me. How sad is this story? That this person whose tent has been plundered, the very cords that held up the tent are now broken. In a sense, you could say there's nothing left, but that that's most dear to the person no longer habitates or surrounds this individual because the person says, now my children have too gone from me. That's the result. It wasn't necessary that the children desired to leave, but there was nothing causing the children to stay. So bereft was the situation of this person's life. And so the children of this individual have also gone. One translation says, far from me. It says, and they are no more. In other words, there's no visitation. There's no contact. There's no relationship. Because of all of that, there's no fellowship where two are open-hearted in conversation, the one with, it, with, with the other. And then this person goes on to say, there is no one to pitch my tent anymore. In other words, there's no one willing to assist this broken, deplorable, void, deserted status that represents this individual. Even help left this individual. Because help concluded that to assist this person does not arrive at success, so even help had moved on. So it says there is no one to pitch my tent anymore. So there was before, but no longer is. Or to set up my curtains. In other words, to dress my surrounds or to cover me, or to be the decor, uh, the color in and around my life. Then he says why, and friends, this is such a succinct and salient word for us, the church, us as shepherds, teachers of the word, or pastors of a church. We are those to bring truth so that the, the status described in verse 20 won't be the status of those that we lead or shepherd. So yeah, Jeremiah is saying why the people or this person found him or themselves to be where they were, bereft of anything and deserted without contact or relationship, everything stolen, from them. Now he says why? He says, for the shepherds have become dull-hearted. And friends, that's the status of many a pulpit today. We have become dull-hearted. It goes on to say, and have not sought the Lord. We're teaching things that are not aligned to Scripture. There's many a service where that that is preached or taught makes reference to one Scripture out of context so often even teaches it in error, and has a lack of understanding as to how to rightly divide the Word of God, or interpret it in light of, for example, covenants, or contacts, or persons, or situations, etc. And so we could be leaving, as shepherds, a people representative of the status now described in verse 20. 
And so it says, for the shepherds have become dull-hearted. How did they become dull-hearted? They no longer have sought the Lord. Therefore they, first to the people, therefore the people shall not prosper, and all their flocks shall be scattered. That's spoken in the first and third person sense. In other words, the product of those that were shepherd, they shall not prosper, and their flocks shall be scattered. But it also represents we, us, the shepherds. It says, and behold, in verse 22, the noise of the reporters come. That noise is a clanging sound and a gonging cymbal. It's a noise. It's not a melody. It's not music to the ears. It's something that hurts the ears. It says, Behold, the noise of the report has come, and a great commotion out of the north country. It says, To make the cities of Judah, Judah is a place of praise, to make the cities of Judah, God's people, desolate, a den of jackals. Jackals are those who attack and devour, bite at and cut up and destroy something. That's the description of those who were shepherds who no longer sought the Lord and in turn left the people no longer searching after God, no longer going to the Word of God as to how they conduct their lives or make decisions in regard to any situation or context. They left desolate, a den of jackals has destroyed. It's also discussed the enemy comes to steal, to kill and destroy. So in this context, allowance has been given to the enemy. The enemy can't do that in and of himself. We give him allowance by the district God of, of seeking the Lord, that is seeking the Lord, should I say, or getting the counsel of God's word. Now verse 23 is the emphasis that I want to share today. So the conclusion of the matter is this. Now, when you look at what has transpired in verse 20, 21 and 22, now Jeremiah or God concludes through Jeremiah says, O oh Lord, and there's an angst in that. In other words, looking at that that I've just described. Oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Friends, that's a wonderful revelation. We cannot walk this life in and of ourselves by our traditions, our doctrines, the ways that seem right, ways that are not aligned to God's word to bring about God's result. To get God's result, to walk in God's kingdom, to get His kingdom represented in our lives, we seek the Lord through the word of God. We apply the word in that given context. And that has been de described in Jeremiah 10, verses 20, 21, and 22, will not be our result. It will be the inverse of that. There will be life and life abundant, Trusting God's word, doing God's word, always brings about God's result. So my encouragement is as we meditate or read Jeremiah 10 verses 20 to 23, when we look at the outworking, the resultant situation of this person and or persons or this nation, that we too will conclude as did Jeremiah in verse 23, O oh Lord, I know, I've realized, I've come to know, I've seen that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Allow God by his word to direct your steps. God has a good plan, a good purpose, a good destination, a good fruit outworking for your life and mine. 
and it comes into fruition by our application and appropriation. Doing God's word brings God's result. And so again, this is Abraham Foss of For Your Good Ministries International, encouraging you to look us up on our website, www.foryourgood.net, or send us an email to info at foryourgood.net. God blessed we are by trusting Him to order our steps by His word to bring about His result. Until we meet and speak further around the Word of God next week, again, this is Abraham Foss saying, God blessed to you, those dear to you, and to those whose lives you touch.